following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. Proverbs chapter 19 is where we're at today. Proverbs chapter 19. We're going to be looking at verse 20 and 21. We've been reading through Proverbs this month together collectively as a church family. uh, One chapter corresponding to every day of the week. So Proverbs chapter 1 corresponds to um, July 1st. And uh, as you're opening to Proverbs chapter 19 verse 20, the question on the table is, has God ever frustrated your plans? Has God ever frustrated your plans? Bethany and I got the opportunity this past week to be in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, which is a tourist trap, if you ever go there. Um, If you ever wonder if bright flashing lights and signs work for little kids, the answer is yes, absolutely, 100%. And some of you knew that, that we were in Pigeon Forge. Bethany's parents are celebrating their 40th wedding anniversary, which I think 35 of those years were happy. Um, But... uh, depending on who you ask. Um, and so their, uh, their ask for the family was, would you come down, we'll rent a cabin, and we're going to put 15 of you guys in this cabin, and we're going to spend a week together. So I don't know if they love us or hate us, um, but that was their whole goal and desire was to just spend a week with family. And people asked all the time, they're like, did you have fun? Was it, was it good? And I said, 80-20. And they're like, 20 why 20? I said, well, first of all, we were with family, okay? So let's just do the math on that one. I love my uh, brother-in-laws and um, my sister-in-laws and all those other fun uh, people and their kids, but there are some times where it's just chaotic and crazy when you put a bunch of little kids in a living room and expect to have a conversation with another adult who's sitting next to you. Amen? Anybody? Okay. So, um, uh, the, but the real reason, the 20% was uh, Bethany's dad has uh, a heart issue called AFib. I don't know if you guys know that or not. But Thursday night, uh, we were, or Friday night, excuse me, we were getting ready to leave. And essentially what happened was he passed out. And it was extremely scary for the family and all the individuals that were there. Uh, we had to call EMS. And um, you can pray for him. Uh, his name is Larry. He is uh, dealing with this. He's going to the doctor on Monday. Hopefully we're going to have some tests and stuff like that. But uh, we were supposed to leave on Saturday, and we were supposed to come home. We left at 7 o'clock in the morning, and uh, we were supposed to come home, and we were supposed to unpack, and we were supposed to have a lovely evening together as a family in peace and quiet, okay, which we hadn't gotten this past week. And uh, on Friday night, I looked at Bethany, and I said, hey, I will drive the kids home, and you take your parents home, because her dad obviously couldn't drive. And so uh, they live in Wabash, and so she said, okay, that's what we'll do. So uh, she went to Wabash, I drove the kids home, and then I drove up three-fourths of the way to Wabash to get her, and then brought her back. So about nine o'clock last night, we landed in our house, and uh, we just looked at it, and I said, you know what, I had a plan on Monday, and God had something different for me on Saturday. Has that ever happened to you? Look at this in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20. Interesting passage of scripture for us today. It says, Listen to advice and accept instruction. Nobody likes to do that. That's no fun. That you may gain wisdom in when? In the future. Later. 
21. Many, here it is, are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Let me pray for us as we look at this passage of Scripture this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for your provision this past week and your continued provision these past years. And we've been faithful that you work in us and through us. And I love and we love your word because it is true. It is what the world needs right now and is what we need right now. But we don't need to just be hearers of the word. We need to be doers as well. We need to accept your advice and instruction and implement it accordingly in all areas of our life. As we study this passage together as a family this morning, help us to understand it with great clarity, so much so that we implement it accordingly. It is important for us, God, that we do this so that we can honor you with all that we think, say, and do. God, I pray that you would be glorified with every word that is said. I pray that you would continue to help us as we make your son Jesus known, both near and far. It's in your name, the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the hope of the world, that we pray. If you believe that, amen? Amen, all right. Proverbs is the most intensely practical book in the Old Testament. It has teaching on every single life skill that you need. Proverbs includes instruction on the following. We've talked about some of this in the past weeks. If you missed messages, communitygospelchurch.com slash messages, pick them up. Wisdom, folly, how to be righteous, how to be wicked, how to use your tongue, how to avoid being prideful, when to be humble, when are we supposed to seek justice, and when are we supposed to let the Lord have his vengeance. Proverbs talks about how to love your family. Proverbs talks about how to not be lazy. No elbowing your neighbor this morning. Proverbs talks about how to work hard and what makes us wealthy and what makes us poor. talks about what a good friend looks like, what it looks like to be a good neighbor. It's the definition of love. It's the definition of lust. Proverbs also talks about what makes us angry, the meaning of life, and what it means to truly die. It's all in the book of Proverbs. 31 chapters, all outlined for you. It touches on every facet of human relationships, and it transcends all the way from the Old Testament to our time period today. It speaks to us just as much as it spoke to the people who read it in that day, in that time period, at that moment. And today, we are going to try to understand how do we take our plans and our will and what we desire and align that to what God desires. So our main idea today of what we're trying and looking to accomplish is how do I take what I want to do and make sure it's what God wants me to do? First thing is... You have to listen and implement. Go back to Proverbs chapter 19 and let's reread verse 20. Listen to advice and accept instruction. Now this text uh, applies two items. Number one, what is valuable in principle. Listen to advice. But then it continues and it says, do what is useful in practice. That is to accept instruction. Now, Solomon is not talking here about advice and instruction in regards to worldly wisdom. Things like history and math. Now, teenagers, don't check out, all right? Because I'm not telling you that those things 
are not important. They are important, but that's not what he is talking about here. He's not saying science and literature and all of those subjects that we have in school. Those are important, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about God's principles. Solomon is talking about God's instruction. And as James says, if we look at James in the New Testament, because the New Testament parallels the Old Testament, so many people want to get rid of the Old Testament. That's stupid. Because the Old Testament highlights the New Testament. The New Testament highlights the Old Testament. They are together. James says true religion is one that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless. It keeps us from being polluted by the world. So, the first thing he says that's valuable in principle is that you listen to advice. What does that mean? Well, break down that word. If you want to circle this in your Bible, you totally can. Listen means heed, and advice means counsel. So you heed counsel. Contrary to popular belief, you are not the smartest person in the world. I know it's super hard for you to hear this morning. I looked at myself in the mirror this morning, and I told myself, Jordan, you're not the smartest person in the world, and that's just tough to hear. But we need advice from others. We need something that provides direction to a decision or a course of action that we need to make. Now, the verse points back to, and I know you probably can't see it on the screen, it's pretty small, but at Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, where he says, Hear, my son, your father's instruction. Don't forsake your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. So it's a nod back to what was already said in Proverbs, but it's a nod back further to what already was assumed was transpiring and taking place in the society that was present in that day. And that was this. That parental teaching was being implemented in the home. That mothers and fathers were teaching their kids God's word. That they were impressing the truths of Scripture on their hearts. When we look at that passage of Scripture, we realize that parents taught their children God's law without reservation and were unapologetically unashamed of the gospel. So, when Solomon says, pay attention, he's talking about paying attention to God's word, his laws in the Old Testament that point to the Messiah in the New Testament who will come. Now, the craziest thing about that is that in that society was implemented and was often lacking. The same is true about our society today. The same thing is transpiring in our society today. I read uh, the other day uh, on the internet, so it must be true, um, that we are living in a society where all the kids who got participation trophies have grown up. <laughs> and I typed out A, men, and then I deleted it. <laughs> we are scared to give godly advice Because we fear not only our kids won't listen, but our culture won't listen. But it is the remedy in which our culture and kids need the most is God's word. When did we start giving children what they wanted and stopped giving them what they needed? So here, Solomon says the same that goes for these parents who are to instruct their children goes for us as a church. We have to open our mouths and start proclaiming the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. We care little about your opinion. We care greatly about what God's word says. When did we stop giving the society that is around us and we're saturated in God's word? That is valuable in principle. That is advice. Now, some people look at me and they say, well, Pastor Jordan, hold on a second. I wasn't raised that way. 
I didn't grow up in the church, right? Well, let me just tell you something, and hopefully this is a huge relief. You're welcome, because I did. Okay? And I don't know if growing up in the church is always that great sometimes, especially when your dad's the pastor of the church and using every illustration about you. I know you're listening, Dad. Sometimes it's tough growing up in the church. It doesn't matter if we grew up in the church or if we didn't grow up in the church. Oftentimes we use our background for justification of why we don't do what we're supposed to do or commanded to do. Every sinner has a past. Every saint has a future. And so this instruction consists in communicating the right principles today. You are responsible for you. Church, you're responsible for you. Nobody else. You can't look at it and say, well, my mom and dad didn't do this, or, you know, I grew up this way, or whatever the case is. We're talking about today. He says that's valuable in principle. God's word is valuable in principle. Now, look at the second thing. He says, it is also, though, useful in practice. You have to accept that instruction. It's one thing to hear instruction. It's another thing to accept it. You guys have kids? And if you do, do you ever look at them and tell them something, and you know they heard it? And you just think to yourself, but did you hear it? You ever get that way? We went to uh, the beach as a church uh, in Winona Lake. Um, and uh, one of our people was there. I'm not going to name any names. But she looked at her son and she said, listen to me. She was wearing sunglasses. She said, listen to me. She put her sunglasses up. She said, look in my eyes. And I thought, I'm looking in your eyes. <laughs> what, 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 what do you need? And she said, repeat back to me what I just said. And I said, man, I hope he understands, right? Useful in practice. It is, I know you heard me, but did you really hear me? Did you accept it as truth? So when he says godly advice, he sees you have to look at God's word and admit that it's true and valid. I think the biggest problem in our churches today is we have so many parishioners who are sitting in pews who have not accepted the 66 books as God's word. They said, there is no standard of truth. I'm my own standard of truth. No, that's not true. God's word is true. We have to admit that it's true and valid, and then we let that instruction pour into our life. Now, instruction is a really bad translated word here. You can circle that or cross it out. I know I told you to cross something out in your Bible. Don't crucify me just yet, all right? <clears throat> in the original language, it's not a good... It, 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 instruction is not a good translation. The word is more discipline or training. And it speaks on how you improve your personal strength and your personal self-control. So many people struggle with anxiety and all of these things and all these other uh, little things that pop up because they've listened to the word, but they haven't let the word sink into what is going on in the core. They haven't let that word discipline them, give them strength. They haven't conformed themselves to that word. Inceptin instruction means that you take that word and you implement it personally first, and then you put it in the world. So let me give you some good illustrations. It is the man who refuses to view explicit material alone. And you probably think to yourself, you know, something that's horrible, but it's, it's, it's that one image. He refuses to look at it on his phone is just in his hand. It is uh, the group who's having um, a conversation and they go home and it's the man or woman who chooses not to gossip about that person in their mind. We say some pretty wicked things in our mind about people, don't we? When people walk by us, we think to ourselves, if only, right? 
We have to be careful with that. It is the student who doesn't cheat. Accepting godly instruction is integrity. It is who you are in the dark is the same as who you are in the day. So ask yourself this morning as we talk about this, who am I when no one is watching? That is who you really are. Are you a man or woman of God and his word because you have received it? Or are you still finding yourself saturated in sin? If we listen to advice and we accept instruction, look at what happens. We gain wisdom for the future. First outcome is we gain wisdom for the future. I think this is what everybody wants, right? What do you want for Christmas? I know it's July. I think everybody, if they were completely honest, would say, I, I want to be wise. Solomon prays that prayer. I want to be wise. I want to know the right thing to do. And I want to know when I'm doing the wrong thing. And here we see in the text, this is what we all desire. And you could circle that word future because it could mean a couple things. And this is where some commentators argue about this. It could mean at the end of your life, in the inheritance of salvation, when you get to see Jesus face to face, if you confess that you're a sinner and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, you will be saved. You will see the face of God when you die. As Bethany's dad was struggling on Friday night, family saw the whole situation and the scene unfold, and I thought to myself, you know, Jesus, you're good. Whatever happens is for God and his glory, and he'll be glorified with all this. We'll be sad, but this is, this is what is. This is what we look at and we say, at the end of our life, the inheritance of salvation, the future is one that we look forward to as believers. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I wouldn't look forward to your death. But it could also mean, and I think it means both, sometime after the instruction has been given. My kids, I don't know about your kids, but my kids always want to know why, right? Go clean your room. Why? Best answer I have gotten in a long time. I looked at my daughter once, I won't tell you which one, and I said, go clean your rooms. Why? Because I told you to. Nobody goes in it but me. And I thought to myself, that was a good response. Untrue, because I just went in it, and it is a mess. <laughs> but good response. And she said to me, Dad, give me another reason. I said, so you can find your stuff when you come ask me for it. Because they always lose something that's right in front of their face. Amen? <laughs> Happens in my house all the time. But they probably get it honest if I was being completely transparent. So when we read God's word, all right, and we listen to advice, and we implement that accordingly, we accept instruction, we have wisdom in the future, both now and forever. The New English Bible says it a little bit different. I love this. It says, and you will die a wise man or woman. The revised English Bible says, and in the end, you will be wise. Now the question on the table is, can that be said about you? The question on the table is, where do you receive your wisdom? Whose wisdom do you follow? You find yourself saturated in social media and looking at those opinions, right? And sometimes we look at it and we say, uh, I don't really do that. Yeah, yeah, you do. Opinions of people at work, opinions of people, you know, where are we finding our advice? Where are we getting our wisdom? The foolish rejection of wisdom may not be seen for many years. However, it is clear in later life that we could look at somebody and we could say they knew wisdom. 
uh, Denny Buck, one of our elders, his dad went to be with the Lord this past week. Funeral was on Monday. And um, I told Denny, I said, man, I just love your dad. He was a great guy. But he was more than a great guy. He was a godly man. Loved Jesus. So did his wife. And I just looked at him and I said, I could see how wise he was at the end of his life. Because of the word. It wasn't because of his opinions. I just remember Don and I, we would talk in the hallway and he would say, where are you getting your information from? And I said, oh, God's word, that's good. And then he just kept on walking. So I took it as validation, Denny, that we're doing okay. Look at some uh, passages that affirm this. Psalm 37. If you do this, if you listen to God's word and you implement it accordingly, it will be a mark that you are blameless and upright. And there will be a future for you. You will have peace. Psalm 119 says, Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. Isaiah chapter 57 says, Those people who do these things rest in their beds. Those who walk in uprightness. So we listen to God's word and we implement it accordingly. Look at the second thing he says. Now we stand for the Lord's purposes. Let's go back and read verse 21. It says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man or woman, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. What does that mean? What is he talking about there? Well, he's taking what you already know, okay? And he says that if you have knowledge and wisdom, what's the next step? We start making plans, right? You start planning for things. I know what God's word says, and it's seeping down in my heart, and now I'm starting to do things, and, and now I'm starting to implement accordingly. He says, so we start to plan. It's natural for men and women to plan. It's natural if you accepted Jesus for that reason. And then his children shall grow up around him, and when they grow up, he shall be able to provide for them in a way in which shall best be suited for their station in life that they shall enjoy health and strength and success, and that there shall be not any cutting affliction in his family or or fiery trial to pass through. Now these are the plans that the Lord frustrates. What grief and affliction and trouble is the Lord continually bringing into some families? Some of you know this firsthand. Their dearest objects of affliction removed from them at the very moment when they seemed clasped nearest around their hearts and those who are spared perhaps growing up in some searedness of consciousness and hardness of heart and perhaps even those who are reckless in their life that even their very presence is often a burden to their parents instead of a blessing. And the very children who should be their comfort become thorns and bears in their side. Oh, how the Lord overturns and brings to nothing the plans of a man's heart to make a paradise here upon earth. Don't check out. When a man is brought to the right spot and he is in his right mind to trace out the Lord's dealings with him from the first, he sees it as kind hand which blasted his gourds and laid them low. It was a kind hand that swept away his worldly prospects, which reduced him to a natural as well as to a spiritual poverty, which led him 
into exercises, trials, sorrows, griefs, and tribulations because in those trials he has found the Lord more or less extremely gracious. There are many plans in a man's heart. Now you have your plans. That busy workshop is continually putting out some new pattern. Some new fashion is continually starting forth from the depths of the ingenious manufactory that you carry about with you. And you are wanting this and expecting that and building up castles and looking for that which will never come to pass. For there are many plans in man's heart, but the Lord's counsel will prevail. And as so far You are the children of God. That counsel is a counsel of wisdom and mercy. And so his benediction is this. In all of Proverbs 19, 20, and 21, the benediction is that you may know the purposes of God's heart are for purposes of love and affection towards you. That God loves you. And in his frustrating your plans, he has affection for you. And that you may bless and praise God that whatever be the plans of your heart against God's counsel, they shall be frustrated and that he may do his will and fulfill all his good pleasure in your life, both now and forever. Has God ever frustrated your plans? Good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you intercede on our behalf when we don't want it. And that you come to us and that you speak to us and you tell us that we are selfish and we're self-centered. And we look back at you sometimes and we say, that's not true. But then if we were really honest, we are. I am. It is our bent to want the forbidden fruit. It is our bent to have what we don't need. It is our bent to desire what we don't want. And God, we ask that you would help us, first and foremost, understand that the remedy for that sin is found in your word when we are submissive to it. So we humble ourselves today underneath the word of God. All 66 books that are useful for teaching and preaching and instruction and training if you've never done that before, say to the Lord in your heart this morning, I submit to absolute truth. I believe, God, that the Bible is absolutely true. And we ask that you would help us to live out that truth. That we would not just be hearers of the word, but we would be doers. They would be on our tips of our fingertips. We would run to places where we need to implement it. Whether that be Japan or Purdue, or college campuses, or even towns that we have been entrusted to care for. Workplaces. Wherever we find ourselves, may we work for the glory of God, implementing the standard of truth that has been given to us, so that those who are far from you will come to know you as Lord and Savior, and for those who know you will be built up and edified. For it is why we exist on this earth, God, is to evangelize and edify. But we need your help doing it. So may we be controlled by your spirit and affirmed by your word 
as we make your son Jesus known, both near and far. It is in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.